Okay, coming to you. This will be released on Friday because of the Labor Day weekend schedule. Tom was having a blast at the lake house. I did my first break on Saturday for 528 on TikTok. That was pretty fun. Oh, I didn't um, I forgot that you did that. Yeah, it How was does it go? Uh, I thought it went pretty well. Like I actually I really enjoyed being in the power chair as they call it in sports radio. It was fun. I I mean, you know I like just blabbing into an audience that really can't stop me besides like sending little comments. Um, mm. The only time I would say I messed up is so I would open the packs and then I would like try to throw the wrapper in the garbage and then I would just look to my side and try to put it in the garbage and then not realize that accidentally the cards in my left hand I took off camera for the screen. Yeah. Yeah. And Mike came in. He's like, God, it's like the one yeah. thing you got. It's like rule number. It's like rule number one. Yeah. Yeah. It's obviously. Like, yeah. No, obviously I wasn't like intentionally taking them off camera, but besides that, yeah, I think course. it was pretty well. I felt like, so, okay. I, I took sports broadcasting classes in high school. And one thing that they always stressed when you were doing play by play, especially for radio is make sure to like consistently update on what people are tuning into. So I would like constantly be like, all right, welcome to 528 Collectibles on TikTok. We got two boxes of Mosaic Hobby. And like, sometimes I would say that three times in five minutes and it would be like the same people there that just hearing it again. But I just, yeah. I just wanted to make sure new newbies knew what was going on, but it was fun. Yeah, it's uh, I've only been in the power chair a couple times, but it's it's not my favorite just because I am not great at opening the packs and under pressure like that, it, it I get nervous and then I start messing things up. So it, and then you look like you don't know what you're doing, and I I didn't want to look like that, but it's it's fun. I'm glad you liked it. Opening the packs is not easy. No, it's not. Some of the packs are extremely hard. Actually, uh, one of my many fantasy football drafts just started. So that's fun. <laughs> this is the live draft episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll keep you guys updated with, with my panic picks throughout. <laughs> um, so, yeah, exciting weekend of college football. It was the first, uh, not the first weekend of the season, but it was week one. Um, the story, pretty much without a doubt, of the weekend is Colorado beating TCU 45-42 to 42 in Dion's first game. They were, I think, like 27-point underdogs. So one of the few times that a college football coach says, ain't nobody believe in us, and it actually was true. Except for me, I did bet them, and I did not cash it out. So nice. I, I, I meant to look at what the odds are now, if, they're, if that's still available, just to compare, but it's not looking as bad. Oh, you bet them to win the conference, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. I thought you meant you bet yeah. them like straight up against uh, against TCU. And I was going to say it was eerily reminiscent of your Talia bet from a couple years oh, ago. That was unreal. I was, I'm still on the Talia bandwagon. I'm still a believer. <laughs> but no, Shador looked awesome. He threw for 510 yards, four touchdowns. Travis Hunter, at one point, the number one recruit in the whole country that Dion uh, flipped from Florida State to Jackson State had 11 receptions for 119 yards and played 80 defensive snaps and had an insane pick. I think you'll like this. Trevor Woods also had a pick. He was one of only 10 scholarship players left over from the 2022 team, and he had a pick, so that was pretty cool. Uh, and the Buffs had 86 newcomers, 53 of which were transfers, which is an all-time record. I do like that. I'm happy that some of the guys that 
are holdovers from last year, getting some shine, getting some burn. That's kind of exciting. Uh, what I will say is that Shador could have had even more passing yards and probably another touchdown. I think some of his players were dropping some deep balls. I think I saw like 75 yards were negated by drops. That's crazy. I didn't realize it was that many. We had the game yeah. on while I was breaking, so I, I didn't have uh, – I, I had it on a, a low-ish volume because I didn't want it to drown out the the sound of the break. But Gus Johnson on the call, too, it was a pretty electric game. And Joel Klatt, uh, my, obviously, you know, it's my favorite booth, and Joel Klatt was played at Colorado. So, like, he did a fantastic oh, cool. job, I think, of staying close to, as close to the middle as he probably could in that situation. Yeah, I mean, that's got to be pretty crazy, probably hard to keep your cool. Yeah, and this whole situation is insane. We really haven't seen anything like this. I mean, Lincoln Riley flipped to USC last year and totally used the transfer portal to revamp that program in like as fast a time as you can, but this is unprecedented. And Colorado is now like as close to the center of the college football universe as you can get without being someone like Georgia or Ohio State or USC, which is crazy. And it's hard to say that the Dion exper- ex- experiment isn't already like wrapped up and confirmed a huge success just because of that alone. And they're winning games already. Yeah, for sure. Here's my question for you that I'm sure has already been talked about a million times, but I haven't been looking into it. Do you think Shador Heisman campaign could be in the cards? I do. Yeah. Obviously he's going to need to win probably, oh geez, probably nine at least nine games and i don't know if they're good enough to do that because there's a good chance that we look back and say yeah colorado is orders of magnitude better than they were last year but this was also a 17th ranked tcu team and i don't think based off what we saw yesterday or two days ago anyone would be totally shocked if tcu ends the season unranked so Colorado would have to at least compete for the conference, I think. And I'm not sure they're good enough to do that yet. That being said, most teams they're going to play, they'll have better players than their positions. At least better, like, top-level stars. But certainly right now, he's probably the high – he has to be the Heisman frontrunner after week one. Uh, Yeah, I mean, just based on passing yards alone pretty much. Yeah, and no picks. And he played well, too. It's not like he was throwing to guys that were wide open like some Alabama quarterbacks do sometimes. And uh, he was he was doing a fantastic job of just taking what TC was giving him. He wasn't trying to do too much ever, and he worked super well in that offense. Credit to them because they brought over the head coach from Kent State to be their OC. His name's escaping me at the moment, but they looked like a pretty well-coached team up and down. I was keeping tabs on it. But I didn't get a chance to watch it. Was he or is he a dual threat, Shador? Does was he scrambling at all? He definitely can move. I think he ran more at Jackson State than he is probably going to at Colorado. Okay. And and but, Travis yeah. Hunter playing like Travis Hunter is probably the best player in the country. And I have no idea if this is sustainable because he played the snap counts vary. I've seen anywhere from like 119 to like 144 snaps for him, but and then the 100-degree Texas heat, he basically played the entire game and was an impact player on both sides of the ball. And history tells us that's not possible to keep up. But who knows? He could just be built different. From what I heard, they were saying he's a first-round pick at wide receiver or corner, but he will not be playing 
as much on both sides of the ball, I don't think. It, it seems like this will – in big games, it, this is from what I was reading. They said in big games he'll probably, you know, up his snap count on both sides of the ball. But for, like, the regular run-of-the-mill conference game or non-conference game, for that matter, I, I don't think he'll be playing that much. You, you run yourself into the ground. That would be so electric, though, if, like, a big primetime game and you just know he's gonna you're going to be seeing more of him on both sides. Yeah. Producer Rue, can um, you look up? When USC and Colorado play, because I have a point on that. Sorry, what were you going to say? I just, uh, that I just panic picked so hard because I didn't realize it was my pick. I took CD Lamb in the second round. Who was your and first I, pick? And I, Nick Chubb. Okay. I like CD. I like Chubb. I have, this, I have the uh, ninth pick, so it, there wasn't that much available other than Chubb. I could have gotten like Derrick Henry, but I think I should have gotten AJ Brown. But Instead of compact disc? Yeah, I like, I like CD too. CD, I do too. I just, but I, hopefully, if if Jalen Hurts falls to me with my next pick, I could have gotten the stack. September thirtieth, producer Rue says. So for when depending what was the game? USC Colorado. So depending on oh. how how those teams fare in the weeks between now and then, there's a good chance that that will be one of the the most watched college football games in history. Yeah, that's going to be insane. Like, if they're both undefeated or have one loss, it's going to be probably on the hyper Fox. on that game is is going to be, it's like Alabama LSU caliber hype. Literally, yeah, game of the century. Yeah, that ended nine to six in overtime. <laughs> yeah, did, that's why I had to go cal hype in terms of hype, not in terms of actual game. <laughs> Um, also Florida and Utah happened. That was the Thursday nighter. It was a nice little home and home. Um, they played last year too. week one, Anthony Richardson had that crazy two point conversion that went viral. I'm a little sad to see it go because it's a nice color matchup. Uh, Utah looked impressive even without cam rising who is returning to the practice squad. Uh, sorry to practice soon or has already. It's Kai just busted down my door. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, Billy Billy Napier, the Florida coach, definitely needs to start winning fast. By all accounts, all the reporting is that the fans are getting pretty impatient in Gainesville. And they looked, in my opinion, like they were coached by a coach in his first game, not his second season in the SEC. And those kind of things do not lead to long tenures as the Florida head coach. He's got a short leash and... I mean, based on the first game, it's not looking good for him. No, yeah. They basically tried, did everything they could to give the game to the Utes, who were missing not just rising, but I think they're starting tight end and a couple D linemen too. And to come in and bully an SEC team like that is – Without your probably, star quarterback? Yeah, probably more concerning for Florida than it is impressive for Utah. Yeah, I, I think that's a very good way to put it. And it sucks because – there's nothing better than seeing the Florida uniforms in big games late in the season. Seeing players chuck shoes and yeet away the season. <laughs> I mean, I agree. They're, <laughs> I, I totally forgot that that happened, actually, the shoe <laughs> thing. But I agree. It's good. Florida being good was such a, like a key part of our college football experience with Tebow. And, and you know, we've gone over the whole documentary and the Urban Meyer saga. But it's normally good to see them be good. But I don't know if they'll ever return to their you know their glory days yeah and It'll i was telling a massive shake up. it will yeah and i was telling rue about this like there will never be 
a time where there isn't one team in Florida that is really, really good just because of how like fertile a recruiting hotbed it is. It's it's mm-hmm. one of the states where you can compete for a national championship if like 90% of your roster is in-state guys. And we'll get to them. I guess we could transition on to Florida State right now because they look like the team that, that is capitalizing on that the most. They beat down LSU on Sunday. Florida State dominated the transfer window. Keon Coleman, the receiver from Michigan State, had an insane performance. He had three touchdowns, mossed some dude. And it just shows, like, if you're in Florida recruiting well, you're going to have an awesome team, and they look like the class of the ACC now. Yeah, you're right. Florida is such a hotbed for talent. It's just a matter of getting the right coach in there pretty much, but they haven't been able to do so since Urban. Yeah. So then, yeah, I guess more on the Florida State-LSU game. LSU, they obviously made the conference championship last year, beat Alabama, I think, at home. But I think their ceiling's probably capped by Jaden Daniels. He was a very pleasant surprise, I would say, last year. And he's talented. I just don't think that when stuff starts to break down like it does in every college game for every team at some point, he is the guy that can really like steady the ship and be an elevator for guys around him when that starts to happen. So I think they're going to struggle to compete for the division again this year because he's kind of limiting them in that capacity. But like I said earlier, Florida State totally looks like the class of the conference again. Jordan Travis is a great quarterback. and Jared Verse is a monster. He was wrecking that game yesterday. Really funny. for <laughs> When I was reading your note when, we, when I was going through the, the episode talking points, and you said not an elevator – and I didn't think you meant in the way that he like elevates the team. I read it as elevator, like something you ride to the top of a building. So uh-huh. I, I was trying to figure out what you meant by that. And it never crossed my mind that you meant it in the sense that you did. <laughs> no, but also not an elevator. Confirmed not a person. Not a human being. Yes. A human non-elevator. Dual in, in every sense of the word. Yes. <laughs> Exactly. In case that wasn't clear to the listener. More on just the last note on that Florida State game. It is always fun to sit in front of your TV on on a weekend night in the fall and tomahawk chop. You are the foremost leader in tomahawk chopping on Long Island, I would say. Yeah, definitely on Long Island. I thought you were going to say in the world, and that was not no, a title no. I was prepared to accept. No, but at least in our little bubble of Long Island, foremost leader of tomahawk chopping. I'm pretty confident that that's true, that I tomahawk chop more than anybody else in this 100-mile rock. Chopping your way into local Long Islanders' hearts every day. <laughs> that's, I think that's the tagline for the News 12 hella traffic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even get news 12. Um, other games, North Carolina and producer Ruse team, South Carolina. I thought both quarterbacks were pretty good, Drake May and Spencer Rattler, but Rattler had no time to operate. North Carolina's nine sacks were the second most they've had in a game in program history. And to me, the whole story was South Carolina's disastrous offensive line. Didn't South Carolina used to be your team? As they well. did, yes. I, I, well, there was 
there was like at least a year, I would say, or like eight months or something in high school where I wanted to go there. Who was because the running back? Marshall. That was really uh, good. Yeah, yeah, Marsh. This lad, Marcus Lattimore. Marcus Lattimore. Isn't Marshawn Lattimore? He's the, also, he's the, uh, the Saints corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I never made the connection. Are they brothers? I don't think so. Oh, they just have very similar names. But yeah. Wait, what? Who, which Marcus Lattimore? Yeah, he Marcus was awesome. Lattimore. He was awesome. And then he, like, like, yeah, the, like the most just, devastating knee just, injury I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. It happens. <laughs> Does. Sucks. But he, yeah, he was, he had a, I think he made it the, to the league anyway for a couple of years. He was on a roster for a while, but I don't think he ever played. He was still, I think, a third round pick, even though they they knew it was more likely that he would never play than that he would, which kind of just shows how insane, insanely good he was. Yeah, dude, he was he was nuts. The fact that I even remember him that clearly is basically indicative of how good he actually was. They uh they also had Clowney, Alshon Jeffrey, Duke Ellington, who was an electric kick returner. Yeah, no, they were they were really fun back in the day. South Carolina under the head ball coach Steve Spurrier, back to back eleven win seasons for the first time in school history. Pretty much, I think I kept up with them more because of how big a fan you were for that brief period. I didn't yeah. watch any of this game. I'm going to be honest with you. So you're going to have to, to lead this this charge. I was also just very distracted by this draft. I think it's going well. We, I'll give you an update after we we finish this. Okay, uh, this yeah. Bit. One of the elite uniform matchups in college football, an awesome yearly ACC-SEC crossover matchup. This one, I believe, was played in Charlotte. So North Carolina, I guess, had the home field advantage. Um, what was I going to say? South Carolina changed their helmets. I'm not a fan. I missed the Gamecock already. No longer on their helmet. Um, mm-hmm. But besides that, yeah, it's Rattler played well, even though he had no time to even think back there. So it'd be nice to see them try to patch that up. It's going to be tough in the SEC to fix that on the go if the talent isn't there. And it's going to suck for him because if he had a good year, he could totally help his draft stock, and he still might. And maybe it will – Come as come off as more impressive for him if he's doing it behind a bad offensive line, but it was a fun game to watch until South Carolina stopped being unable to do anything. Stop being able to do anything. If you had to guess, do you think he has a career in the NFL or like obviously not as a backup? Like, do you think he'll ever have a long stretch as a starter, just based on purely your projection? If you had to guess, probably not. But I think he's talented enough that he could if he gets the opportunity and the right situation. Okay. Bruce said, yeah, Marcus Lattimore, fourth-round pick, never played a snap. Wow. I, ne- I That's crazy that he was on the roster for three years and never played a snap. Retired yeah, just hoping he could oh, – retired at 23. Hoping he made $2 million, dollars, I think. Good for him. I think he's coaching in, in South Carolina now. Mm, that is good for him. Um, what else? Ohio State versus Indiana, not much here. Um, cause Indiana scored three points, but Ohio state only scored 23. So that was kind of, there's, there's been a lot of talk about that because they're high powered offense with all those receivers that we talked about those named Marvin Harrison jr. And those with names that are hard to pronounce like Emeka Egbuka. Um, oh yeah. We, yeah, we don't need to go through that again. Yeah. Just, uh, did not look like the Ohio state offense should look against Indiana week one with an entire offseason to prepare for that game. I don't believe it's Brian Hartline's first 
game as the OC. I think he was last year too, but I could be wrong. Um, Marvin, Marvin Harrison Jr. only had like two catches. So I'm sure things will improve. It was uh, McCord. I think his first name is Kyle McCord's first game as the starter at quarterback. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, we'll see if they can figure things out. There's not really much to talk about there because the defense was stout and it's Indiana. But uh, yeah, I mean, still a 20 point win, but not what you'd expect from OSU. Yeah. And uh, just something to keep an eye on if they don't start scoring more points because then the Big Ten is essentially wrapped up for Michigan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think they'll turn it I- around. I. They just have too much talent not to. Yeah. Uh, it's obviously a new quarterback. They just – their last two starters were both top 11 picks in the NFL, so that's obviously hard to replace your due to come back down to earth at some point. But um, Ryan Day certainly does not have much time to waste there after uh, losing to Michigan two years in a row and, and missing out on even playing in the conference championship both years. I don't know if you saw Michigan because Harbaugh – is serving his self-imposed suspension. They all mm-hmm. they all came off the bus in like free free Harbaugh shirts. They lined That's up hilarious. in like a single file line and they all raised a four because that was his number in Michigan. And I was just like, he's not dead. Like this is his or under his own volition. Yeah. yeah. Like, he's probably no, I actually I didn't see that, but that's hilarious. <laughs> um but yeah, that was that was just Michigan being Michigan. The last game that I have notes on is Clemson-Duke. That was last night. Duke won 28-7, to and there's no other way to think about this besides is the Clemson dynasty over. Well, first, before I, I address that, let me just say Duke is confirmed a football school, according to Daniel Jones. Oh, and yeah? Yeah, he said that. Wow, okay. Have he, has he talked this through with R.J. Barrett? I mean, it can also still be a basketball school, but... Oh, you're saying it's yeah. now also at least mm-hmm. a football school also. Yes. So, but also, I, to your actual question, uh, I think it's safe to say the Clemson dynasty is, is over as it was constructed, I would say. I'm not... I think Dabo's a really good coach, and I think it's very possible that he's able to turn this all around, but I think they're in for in a little bit of a rough spot for at least this season and probably a little bit going forward because they won't have the carte blanche when it comes to recruiting. Yeah. And his refusal to use the transfer portal is stupid and it's hindering their ability to compete with the top teams. I mean, Florida state gobbled up all the good ACC transfers because Clemson isn't even offering these guys. They're, they're so set on winning with guys that they bring in from the start that it's going to prevent them from filling holes in the easiest way that exists in college football now. I actually didn't know that he was refusing to use the transfer portal, but that's pretty wild. He just doesn't do it, or is, is it like a philosophy thing, or why is that? Not sure. A lot of people say Dabo is just a cult, and I guess the people that aren't there from the jump don't fit the fit the bill for some reason. I don't know. It's It's weird. Everyone else is doing it. If everyone else is jumping off a bridge, Dabo might not do. Well, it could be fun. It's true. Probably not. If it's not a dangerous. Not if it's not a dangerous height, it could be fun. Who's to say? What if it's one foot and there's a shark? Well, then, that's 
Well, if there's danger in the water, you know, that, that's also bad. I, I, I meant if it's safe in general, including okay. the height and not being <laughs> shark and or piranha infested. <laughs> piranhas are only in like South America, right? I have, I have no idea where piranhas are located. South America? <laughs> Classic drinking juice. Um, but yeah, Garrett Riley. They brought him over from uh, TCU to be the new offensive coordinator, and him and Cade Klubnick did not have that offense humming, which, I mean, the two games Cade has played was a spot appearance in the conference championship game, where you, and he won the game MVP, and then he started the bowl game against Tennessee and did not look nearly as good. And this is now two back-to-back performances as the starter that were disappointing. One in the first game of the year. Very DJ Uyunglele-esque. Yeah. Which is disappointing because we were talking about that we both expected him to be pretty good. And you Cade? Yeah, I right? still expect him to be good. Your brother does. Oh. Big clumsy guy. A little, little bit of a botch job. All the good tight ends are off the board, and I am sweating. Oh, yeah? But I'll give you a quick rundown because I, I think – the listeners probably invested in this. My team so far is Jalen Hurts, Nick Chubb, Miles Sanders, C.D. Lamb, D.J. Moore, Drake London, Jahan Dotson, and Jerry Judy. I feel really good about it, but there's no good tight ends left. I like I like that team too. I mean, Judy's someone I will always believe in, even if he's not good. He's well, he's hurt right now, but I I have him on my bench right now as my first bench wide receiver. So it's really I'm not relying on him to be a starter. Gotcha. We had the 5-8 fantasy draft yesterday. Uh, oh, you're in that? Yes, I am. 12-team. It's my first 12-team league. Apparently, we have to pay to pick people up off waivers, which I've never done before. Yeah, your fad budget? I guess. I had to pay a dollar to pick up a defense to drop the one I auto-drafted when I got distracted. So Yeah, it's, uh, it's actually really important. It makes it more interesting because you have to try to guess what other people are going uh, to bid. Like, if you, let's say, some handcuff is on the waiver wire, the starting running back gets hurt. Someone who needs a running back could bid $50 on it. And you're like, okay, this person needs a running back. Let me put 51 on it. But then you're risking someone's highest bid being 20 and you just went $30 over their highest. So does it, it show you the super interesting? No. Does it show? No. Okay. No, you have no, no idea. What after, after, I mean, after. Once after it goes it through, does it show you who the what other people did? Was? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I think so. Okay. I think so. At least, is this ESPN your league? Yes. I've never done uh, Fab free agency on ESPN, so I'm not sure how it works. I've only done it on Yahoo. Gotcha. Um, then all I have on college football left is upcoming games. Some highlights include uh, Texas at Alabama. That's where game day is going to be, and they're doing a live McAfee show episode from Tuscaloosa this week. Ole Miss at Tulane. Ole Miss 1-0. With Hugh Freeze as the head coach, and Texas A&M at Miami, Florida. Which Florida. game are you looking forward to the most? Bama, Texas has to be. That makes sense. That makes sense. That's just as good as uniform matchups get. It's going to be the the crimson of Alabama and the white with burnt orange of Texas. That's just chef's kiss. Yeah. <laughs> That's an exciting game. I didn't know if there was going to be some weird random team that you have a strange emotional investment into that I didn't know about. Colorado, Nebraska. Dion yeah. versus 
uh, what's his face? Old uh, Matt Rule. Old Matt Rule. Yeah. That's a fun coaching matchup. Yeah, old Matt Rule. <laughs> I was I was gonna say old Panthers coach, but then his name came to me. <laughs> <laughs> like a Scooby Doo villain. Yeah. <laughs> old Matt Rule. Old man Rule. <laughs> <laughs> Um, do you have anything else for housekeeping? Uh, no, I've got a couple things that I could touch on, but I think I'm going to save them for awards. All right. And producer Rue has confirmed piranhas are native to South America. Wow. I did not know that, but Hey, like you said last time, something new learned of the day. Yes. <laughs> Part two. Might have to make it a week, a weekly entry at this point. A segment a skit. Is it a skit or a segment? If it's just like I think a one line thing. I think it's more of a bit than anything, actually. Okay. <laughs> All right. So moving on for the meat of today's episode, we are going to just do a rundown of all the week one games. Um, so do you want to talk about Chiefs-Lions or should we skip that one? Because by the time this comes out, that game will have happened. Uh, we can touch on it. We, we might as well. I think the Chiefs are going to win, even without Kelsey, who seems like very well might miss this game. I think the Lions are good, but I think the Chiefs are going to win. Yeah, no, I think the Chiefs are going to win too. Um, I don't know how good the Lions are going to be. I also think they're good, but I don't think they are the clear division front runners that a lot of people are painting them as. They're very talented. Um, their offense is legitimately explosive. They have a plethora of backfield options now bringing in David Montgomery and Gibbs. Um, but no, I, I, I truly have no idea what to expect. My gut is telling me that it's going to be a dis- disappointing season for the Lions just because it's the Lions. And when was the last time they had this much hype? That surely has to be a letdown, right? I think so. I think they're going to be a good team. They can make I, I honestly, I, I agree with you. I, they're not... I don't think they're world beaters, and I think anyone projecting them to be is get being a little overzealous. Probably, I would say a year ahead. It feels, you know, I I, I think their future is bright. I I just feel like they're still young. A lot of their core is still very young and developing, and I it feels like we could be a year early, but there's a chance we're both just a year late. It's true. I I do like the way they built that team. I think. Investing on heavily on both sides of the offense or on the just of the line is always a solid way to build a roster, and it has totally helped to maximize the return that they got in the Stafford trade because they've been able to compete pretty quickly with Goff behind center, which I don't think anybody mm-hmm. expected. So props to them for building the team in a fun and <gasps> promising way. Sorry, Kai's freaking out. <laughs> I've just never heard that noise before. <laughs> um, it didn't sound I mean, the dog Chiefs, like. The Chiefs, the Chiefs are the class of, of the league. And until somebody dethrones them, I'm always going to give them the benefit of the doubt in games like this. So I have no doubt they're going to win. I think that's the right approach. I can't, not going to bet against the Chiefs pretty much ever. So even without Kelsey, they're just too good. I They'll just find a way. We People thought they might have problems without Tyreek Hill, and you know what they did? They won the Super Bowl. 
People so, thought they were going to have problems without Tyreek Hill. Isn't that what I just said? You said might. Oh, sorry. I wasn't concrete enough. <laughs> it's okay. I'll let it slide. Thank you. I, <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> um, next game on the schedule is Panthers-Falcons. This is the um, the kickoff of the worst division in the NFL this year. I think the Falcons are going to win this one. It's the Panthers are just, I think they're in for a rough year. That old line looked shaky at best. And it's just hard to overcome that with a rookie quarterback too. It's just too much to overcome. I feel even if they, rookie- they do have talent, but it's just, I don't think it's enough. Yeah. A rookie quarterback that has really never in his life played behind a bad offensive line. I agree. They're, they're talented on the defensive side of the ball. Brian Burns is a monster. I really like Derek Brown. I really like J.C. Horn. He looks like a true number one corner. But offensively, there is almost nothing to work with there besides Bryce Young. And I like the Falcons. Like They have been, for different reasons, extremely disappointing over the last couple of years, namely in the Kyle Pitts department. But I think Desmond Ritter could be very promising. They have skill positions all over the board. Their offensive line is good. And I'm just excited to watch that team try to piece together some exciting football, even if they're a disaster defensively. I think they're just going to be fun to watch, honestly. And I I think Ritter's actually pretty decent. I'm not saying he's a star, but I think he'll be at the very least a pretty solid game manager for the year. Yeah, I mean, he did it for four years at Cincinnati. Guys like that that come in with that experience under their belt often find it easier to have success early in their careers than those that have played one game at the FCS level in two years. Yeah, at the very least, their floor is higher. I think yes, that's, I think so. That's usually what it is. So I think we both have the Falcons in this one, right? Yeah. Um, next game, Texans at Ravens. I have the Ravens in this one, the Texans albeit exciting and in possession of young talent on both sides of the ball in Stroud and Anderson, namely are still going to be probably one of the worst teams in the league this year. And the Ravens have a totally revamped offense that everyone is excited to see with a new OC Lamar back healthy, hopefully under a, a huge contract brought in Odell, drafted Zay Flowers. They'll have Rashad Bateman for a week. Um, I think Isaiah likely could be a pretty fun piece of that offense if they do a lot of two tight end stuff. I just traded for him in Dynasty. So I think the Ravens are going to handle this one pretty easily. Yeah, I'm on the same page. I think the Ravens are going to have a a bounce back year. People are projecting them. I think their line's at like 11 wins, which feels a little generous given the division and Lamar's health issues. But I I do think they are going to have a bounce back year. And I think they win this game easily. I accept it. It concerns me because the tight end I did end up with in this draft is Dalton Schultz. So not ideal. No, um, not ideal. Not, not ideal. Um, but even if Lamar does get hurt, they have pro bowler Tyler Huntley as the backup. That's true. I was about to agree with you. Like that was a, that's a good thing. The most ridiculous thing that's ever happened. It's it almost should j- j- disband the Pro Bowl because of it. I would like them to keep it, even though I never watch it. I agree, but just give it to someone in name alone. Don't just give it to some guy because he'll show up. 
I would. I'm happy to show up if they want to name me. Yeah, that's fine. They can. How about like they name anyone? What just happened? Did they just? They took my backup tight end. My dad did that rascal. Oh, this is um, the fam. Yes, that I've won four times, so it's very stressful. <laughs> what, what are we talking about? Yeah, they just name someone like let's like last year, someone who wasn't going to go like any any quarterback that wouldn't go that deserved it, and then just have some Joe Schmo show up in their place, but don't name them. Oh, I get That's on Tyler Huntley's record forever. So like you're saying, Kirk Cousins, Pro Bowler, even though he probably wasn't there, but just to throw out a name of a Pro Bowl yeah. level quarterback. But then, like, Kirk's like, I'm just going to go on vacation. Tyler, you can come, but you're not going to get the title? Yes. Okay. I'm sure he'd still probably go. I Yeah, probably, yeah. Throw him some money. The league pays you know, for it. not that hard. I think the league pays for the trip. I would, I would hope so. Um, another AFC North matchup, Bengals at Browns. I think the Bengals are going to compete for a Super Bowl, and I am not very high on Cleveland. Even though Deshaun is my my fantasy quarterback in the five two eight league, which I'm not thrilled about, but I mean the Bengals are just super talented on both sides. It looks like Burrow's probably gonna play, so give me give me Cleveland in this. Or so <laughs> give me Cincinnati in this one. <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna be picking picking Cleveland very much this season. Uh, I would agree. I think it's the type of game where it's just the better team's gonna win. I think the Browns will be pretty solid. I think Deshaun should have a better year, but I just think the Bengals are a better team. And everything I'm hearing was Burrow got out of that walking boot after like a week, which signifies it's not really a serious injury. So I think he should be back at at the very least close to 100%. And I I obviously, saying that, I think he's going to play, and I think he'll play at a high level. And the Bengals are just really good, and I don't see them losing week one. Yeah, I mean, against... Against all but definitely one, maybe two teams, they're going to have the best quarterback in the game. Yeah, and against, exactly. against every team in their division. 100%. Uh, the next game is Jags at Colts, another division that is probably going to end up in the running for the worst in the league. Um, I'm definitely going to go with the Jags this year. I'm super high on Jacksonville. I think P- the combo of Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence is going to win a t- of games over the next couple of years. I agree. I, th- I think it's a good duo going forward. Uh, and also, I just you're going to be hard pressed finding me picking a rookie quarterback week one, pretty much always, especially one as raw as Anthony Richardson, I, who I do think could be good long term. But I just think Trevor Lawrence is a stud. I think Doug Peterson brings out the best in him, and it feels like the Jaguars got better. Pretty much across the board, except I know they have some O-line issues with, I think there was just a suspension in there, but otherwise I, I just don't see them losing this game. I think they're going to have a good year. Uh, I'm, I'm also excited for, uh, I can't remember, Trayvon Walker. Uh, he was obviously a surprising number one selection because he shot up draft boards seemingly out of nowhere, but he was pretty much like an interior defensive lineman at Georgia, and they drafted him with the goal of having him be an edge rusher. So everything he was doing in that capacity last year was something he was learning on the fly, basically. And physically, the dude's a freak. Like, he tests off the charts, and I expect that he's probably going to take a huge leap forward this year. So, like, they could add 
a dude that normally would compete for like def- defensive rookie of the year, but almost like he's a year behind, if that makes sense. And I expect him to keep getting way better. That corner that they have from Georgia, whose name I now can't remember, is awesome. Producer Tyson Campbell. Um, mm. He's really good. Uh, a lot of people think Calvin Ridley is going to have an awesome year. I think Christian Kirk's good, like overpaid, maybe. But I think the Jags are going to be are going to be a really fun team to watch. I think I agree with everything you just said. I I got nothing else. And then on the other side, Anthony. It'll be interesting watching Anthony Richardson because a lot of people are comparing him to Josh Allen, and Josh Allen did not start very well in the NFL. He struggled with accuracy, which is something that everyone knew he would. Uh, sometimes trying to play hero ball, which he still does. And if Anthony Richardson resembles that at all at the start, even if he then goes on to have the same like linear improvement that Josh Allen had, people will be panicking and making pretty sweeping conclusions, I think, within the first couple of weeks. So even if he shows flashes but makes a couple of plays that cost him the game, we could be in for some some uh, some save-the-receipt kind of t- takes. Yeah, we could be in for some really good last-take, worst-takes going forward. I think he's just got all the physical tools. I mean, he's basically Cam Newton in terms of just his – physical ability and I he's just gonna have some absolutely electric plays that I think will hopefully buy him some time before people start calling for his head but I I definitely could see it happening sooner than I would expect so well uh one thing quickly yeah he just off what you said the tools he also has if you take like and every quarterback's highlight reel of their best ten plays, his might be the best of anyone ever. Like just the craziness of the like the, the ten best plays, just that of his career. Um, but also, we're we're probably going to be in for a lot of Peyton Manning comparisons. Just that like crazy stat of like however many picks Peyton threw his rookie year that always gets thrown around whenever a rookie quarterback throws a lot of picks as if the next part is like easy to just turn around and be Peyton Manning from there. I always get a kick out of that. Yeah, I think it, it was 28 picks, which is unreal. But it's... people are like, oh, yeah, like Peyton Manning also threw 28 picks his rookie year. It's like, all right, cool. Now Jameis Winston only has to be Peyton Manning from here on out. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's a way for people to make themselves feel better about bad quarterback play. But yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a ridiculous comparison, and you're right. We will probably be in for it. I think, I mean, the the quarterback carousel in Indianapolis has been pretty wild since Andrew Luck's retirement. So I'd, I'd like to think they'll be patient with him. I hope they will be, but we'll see. Okay, the next game is Buccaneers versus Vikings. Two very, very strange teams. Baker's Tampa Bay Bucks against the 13 one score game winning Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I think everybody expects the Vikings to take a step back just because that's what happens in the NFL. You don't like the one thing you can bank on in the NFL is uh, regression to the mean for like winning one score games. And the Vikings are going to take a step back that way. I think the Bucks are terrible. I they're probably going to win only like six games 
So I think the Vikings are going to win this one. I think the Bucks might win even less than six games. But, uh, yeah, I'm with you. The Vikings will for sure take a step back record-wise, even if they're the same team on paper, just because you can't expect to win that many one-score games in two seasons in a row. But I still think they're going to win this game. I still think they're going to be a, a, like a good team. I just they were they played out of their minds last year, and they kind of showed who they really are against the Giants in the playoffs. I think they're going to win the division. Still, they're, I think they're going to win the NFC North. Yeah, no, I that's I, I don't think either of us are saying they're going to be bad. Just that they're not going to record wise be as good as they were last year. Yeah, that offense is I'm, super super talented. I'm interested to see Madison with a full starters workload. I think that'll be – I feel like people aren't really talking about it at all, which I guess why would they be really talking about the Vikings RB1 situation? But he's just so good in limited action whenever he would fill in for Dalvin. I It'll be it'll be interesting to see. I feel like people aren't talking enough about Jordan Addison too on that team. Mm-hmm. I mean, they used a first-round pick on another wide receiver when they have the best wide receiver in football. So was it like a, a – a Randy Moss, Chris Carter situation. Chris Carter had one of the more famous um, rookie symposium or something that the NFL puts on. One of the more famous mm-hmm. speeches there ever where when he told all the rookies to have a fall guy on hand. <laughs> I mean, it's it's good advice. Great advice. Excellent, practical advice, but not what the NFL wanted him to say. No, he probably they probably wanted him to say, like, don't speed. Or don't tell that yeah. the University of Georgia now. You know they've had 15 speeding violations in the last like six months. Pay for their drivers at this point. It's the football it's, programs bringing in enough money that you can just pay for them all to have drivers. 100 percent or get them like mopeds or like scooters. Razor- but you could get in other kinds of trouble with those. You can. Yeah. But the odds of death are way less likely, I would think. Oh, absolutely. I would I would I would imagine at least I, I don't well, have speeding. statistics. Yes. Speeding. <laughs> yes. We'll get him segways, even though the founder of Segway died by segwaying off a cliff by accident. I didn't know that, but that is a fun fact. It doesn't sound very fun for all of fun in for everyone involved, but fun to know. Okay. I'll allow it. Um, thank you. The next game on our agenda is Tennessee at New Orleans. I truly have no idea what can happen in this game because the Saints are were a really bad team last year that brought in a really veteran quarterback. And I think Derek Carr <laughs> what? Did you were you just like rubbing your microphone or something? It sounded like insane. I just heard, I, like, scratching in my ears. <laughs> no, I, I didn't do anything. I thought you were reacting to the really veteran thing. Um, no, I've, I couldn't even hear what you said. No, I said I said they brought – they were the worst – one of the worst teams in the league last year that brought in a really veteran quarterback. He's, I, a, he's very, much, very much so a veteran. Extremely – an extreme veteran. Yes. <laughs> uh, but I think the Titans are a not very talented team that are super well coached and have – Really high-level talent at a couple positions that can be impact guys, namely someone like Jeffrey Simmons and Derrick Henry and Siri, who was for some reason talking to my wrist. If I didn't have my headphones in, you would have set off my watch. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm with you. I think they're both questionable teams. 
both have some talent, both will win some games. It's kind of a toss up for me. I wouldn't I would not put money on this game unless the line was like minus fourteen. Then I'd but like if it's even money either way, I I'm not touching this game. I feel like this is the kind of game that a variable coach team wins more often than not. Yeah, it, it, there it's the Titans and the type of team that you just don't want to bet against. Even if ever all signs point to them not being that great, it's just they find ways to win. They, yeah, and they don't need to be great to beat the Saints, I don't think. They just need to be better than okay. Okay. On any given day. Jinx. Yeah, the next game is 49ers at Steelers. This one is very entertaining, but I would be surprised if it ends up being a competitive game late because I expect the Niners to beat a, an inferior team somewhat handedly. I think the Niners will win, but I think it'll be competitive. I think the Steelers are pretty good. I'm not saying it'll be a one-score game, but if it was a 10-point game at, at the end of the game, I, I think that lines up pretty well. I think the Steelers are, are, are a good team, solid all around. And I think the Niners are really good. And if Brock Purdy is who they think he is and who I think he is, they should win pretty handedly just because of how good they could be. But I don't know. It's kind of the same thing with Rabel. I, I just feel like Tomlin always gives them a fighting chance to win. Yeah, no, it's one of the one of the few opponents in the league that the 49ers don't have a massive coaching advantage over. And if Kenny Pickett is good, then all you need to have a chance to win every single game in the NFL, not to go undefeated, but to individually have a chance to win every game mm-hmm. is a good coach and a good quarterback. And I think Pickett's good. I, I honestly do. Uh, so it'll be an interesting game to see. It's certainly a good litmus test to see the strides that they have made in the offseason. Both teams, sure. honestly. It, it should be a really good game. Yeah. Watt versus Bosa. That's That'll be entertaining to see who impacts the game more on the defensive side. And it's the now the good Watt and the good Bosa. <laughs> Last true, year it could yeah. have been the bad Watt and the bad Bosa. <laughs> Not bad in reality, bad you know in his age. Um, Don't want people coming after me because I said J.J. Watt's bad. (laughs) Also, Cardinals at Commanders. This is both teams start with a C, obviously. And if you were grading, I I guess grading them, that's probably somewhere around where they were great as well. Did it freeze for you, the stream? You froze for a split second, yeah. But your volume came through the whole time. Okay. But, no, I mean, two of the – I'm actually not that low on the Commanders, but the Cardinals are probably going to be the worst team in the league this year. I'm not going to pick them in any game. I'm with you. I think the Commanders will win some games. I I think people have been mean to them, and I think people have been mean to the Giants. I think they're both going to be solid teams. Solid, if not spectacular. The Commanders' defense, is it has the potential to be good. And if Sam Howell is at all good, good defense – Decent quarterback, you're going to have a chance to win every week. And I'm with you. I think the Cardinals are going to be the worst team in football. Even when Tyler comes back, I think they're going to be the worst team in football. They're going to be so boring to watch, too. Like, who the quarterback is. No, tuning into Cardinals games is going to be a chore. Who do you think it ends up being? You think it's Dobbs? I I think so. I mean, they traded for him. Yeah, who's the the other guy's name, though? He has a fun name. It's not Ola Doken, right? No, Clayton no. Toon, oh, the rookie. Yeah, Clayton Toon. Clayton like Toon is name. all over luminance. 
and he just signs his stuff CT, which is kind of cool. He's not cool enough to do that, though. He's not, but it's a cool-looking signature. Not as cool as Nick Toon, either. <laughs> it's true. Or is that Al Toon? Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, I mean, that's really all I have on that game. I don't expect it to be a very... I'm going to tune in because I want to see Sam Howell but I don't expect to be treated to the maximum levels of entertainment that the NFL has to offer on a week-to-week basis. I don't know if you've ever said anything more eloquently than that. So (laughs) that was beautiful. Thank you. Um, Packers-Bears, it's Packer week for me. I am nervous because I actually think the Bears probably should win because I think they have the quarterback advantage against the Packers for the first time in history, besides every game <laughs> that Jake Butler started. I'm not even going to touch that one. Yeah, just leave that be. Well, let that yeah, simmer. I just, I, there's no, I'm not going to argue with you about Jake Cutler. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Bears are probably, I haven't looked at the odds, but I think they're probably favored to win. I think they, I think it's, this is another good litmus test game. I think this is a good let's see what Justin Fields actually is. I think it's a good let's see what Jordan Love actually is. I know you're a Bears fan, so it's a, it's obviously closer to home. But just as a football fan, seeing two young like quarterbacks with question marks going up against each other like this, it's it'll be interesting. It'll be fun to watch. Unless they're both yeah. terrible, then that would suck. <laughs> it's, uh, it's one of those games where at least – at least as a Bears fan, it's kind of a feeling of dread just being like, okay, it's time. Like now is the start of pretty much the final determination on Justin Fields, I guess. It's put up or shut up time, basically. The Bears are favored by one against the Packers. I think that checks out. I wouldn't, I would have thought they'd be like two and a half favorites, just, you know, a field goal, but. It's not make or break for Justin Fields, but not this one game. No, no, no. But the fir- I think the first, let's say, six games, if he puts up stinkers, it's going to be time to ask questions. Yeah, I, I think I think it could be time to ask questions if he puts up a stinker in two games. It's not time to make a determination or a decision, but I'm just I'm I'm excited. But I'm nervous, and I feel like I should be more confident than I am because I think that they're talented, and I know Fields is a good quarterback, and I know DJ Moore is a dog, and the offensive line is improved, but I don't know. It's just the fact that over the next, let's say by Halloween, like we could have an answer on if Fields is going to be there for the next decade or not is uh, scary. I think it's the type of thing where if you weren't a fan of the team, it's you'd have a different evaluation. I think when you are a fan of a team, you don't want to get too high on them and put yourself really out there and then just get really hurt. You're, you're giving, you're putting yourself out there for the chance to just be really disappointed versus if you're cautiously optimistic, there's a chance you're pleasantly surprised. You know what I mean? I, I know exactly what you mean. Yes, I'm the king of being too scared to put myself in a position of vulnerability 
or a team can yeah. shatter me. That's it's really what it is. Is you just you could get hurt. You could get hurt, and it sucks. Teams do that. The last time it happened to me was the Rangers when they went up two nothing against the Lightning in the conference finals and lost four in a row. I'm in it. I'm in it right now. I really believed in this Yankees team. I'm in it right no. now. I did not believe in this Yankees team. I did. I let myself trust. See? And that's what happens. I think the last time that I let myself trust with the Yankees was either 18 against the Red Sox in the DS or the year no, after. 19. Against the, no, it was 18. No, no, no. I'm saying it was probably 19 was the last year you let yourself trust. They were, they were good. the year 19. after, yeah. Yeah, yeah, nineteen was one was the Altuve buzzer, right? Mm-hmm. They were That's good. Enough. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, okay, one of the other four twenty five games is Vegas at Denver. We, I mean, this is just like for multiple different storylines. One of the craziest games we'll have because obviously you got the Russell Wilson thing, you have the Sean Payton thing, you have the Josh McDaniels revenge game against the team that he was a horrible coach for with a team that he's a horrible coach for. So mm-hmm. I, there's some players on Vegas that I'm excited to watch. I'm, I mean, Russell Wilson is going to be one of the stories of the NFL season, whether or not he can turn it around under Sean Payton. I, I think the Raiders are going to stink, so I think the Broncos are going to win this game. But it doesn't mean that I will feel definitive about either team either way, no matter what happens. I think the Raiders are going to be bad. But I think if the Broncos go out there and really make a statement, I think it'll change some people's minds about them. Not that it'll change yours, but I I do think if they go out there and they really perform and Russell Wilson puts on a show, I think people will be talking about them differently, even though the Raiders aren't supposed to be very good. I don't know if you wanted to talk about this later. Uh, Did you – I don't know how to go about this without spoiling – it's not my award, but the Chandler Jones situation – I feel like I'm probably stepping on it's not an award of yours. Okay, but did you hear about it? No, I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, that he was tweeting today that they wouldn't let him work out in the facility for some reason. He had to train in at like a public gym and he he tweeted his his texts, I think, to Josh McDaniels and to the GM saying, How do you expect me to play this season? I can't even get my GM on the phone. Thanks for that. Why did y'all bring me to Vegas? To play with me, question mark. He said, it's a shame that I am a top athlete with 112 sacks in the NFL and I have to go to a local gym to work out during the season for no apparent reason. This is wild to me, Josh, and you know what it is. You need to do what's right. And then he said, I don't want to play for the Raiders if that's my head coach or GM. I want Patrick Graham, Ivy League, salute emoji. So the Raiders just clown show continues. Dude. What is up with Josh McDaniels isolating his defensive stars? Not his defense stars, just his stars. I have no idea. It is so strange. Why? I just want to hear more. I want to know everything that's happening. I want to hear the team comment on it. I'm like a little bit too invested, but it's just like a super weird situation. Yeah. Like, I, I don't, I don't understand what could have happened to get him locked out. Like, are they trying to move him? Is I have no idea. He, I think he since deleted the tweets. I think they were Instagram stories. Yeah, they were. So maybe they're working it out, but I don't know, man. I I, I didn't hear any anything about that before you, you told me. All right, well, I'm glad I didn't step all over one of your awards. No, yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> that's that's uh, It's a dumpster fire, the Vegas dumpster fires. Um, next up on the schedule is Bolts 
and uh, Dolphins. The game's at SoFi. I'm going to go with the Dolphins on this one just because I think they have the coaching advantage. I think the Chargers have the quarterback advantage. I kind of want to say that it's closer in skill positions than it might seem with Reek and Waddle because healthy Keenan Allen, healthy Mike Dubb, and Quentin Johnson is a pretty pretty good trio until they all get hurt. And I give them the running back edge with Eckler versus, I guess, Raheem Mostert. 100%. Yeah. I, I say I guess not because – I think it's close. I say because I, I'm not certain who the actual starter is there. But Jeff Wilson's on injured reserve, I think, or the PUP list. So they drafted De- uh, Devon A. Chain too from A. Uh, M. See, fantasy football actually helps me keep track of these lesser known prospects. But I, I don't think he's projected to be the starter week one. I think it's a situation where he like could end up becoming it, but isn't it yet? Uh, none of the breakers at the store know how to pronounce his name. I didn't know how to say it until you just said it. How um, are they saying Devin, it? A caney. A caney. <laughs> There's an H in there. Why would you assume it's a cane? Because they thought it was. I would have like, thought it was a chain. A chain. Well, it's close to that. A chain. Yeah. Yeah. But I just I wouldn't have thought a caney. That's insane. I agree. A That's not even phonetic. <laughs> no, it is kind of well. It, it is if you if you go with the don't cut, speak English sound. But then why would it be a canee? Hey man, I don't know. I don't think it's I think Chad Henny. There's two ends on there. Henny. <laughs> That's basically what this is. I don't know. That's a nonsense pronunciation. I'm glad that it's a chain, and now I know how to say it. But a canee's insane. Well, this game could see an NFL record for the most injuries or most guys going on injured reserve after this game. <laughs> There's a lot of injured, injury-prone players on both sides of the ball. Or, yeah, sorry, Keenan Allen both, both and two teams. are guaranteed to be out for at least two weeks this year. Keenan Allen's guaranteed to be out for like four at least. Mike Williams and is going to be something five. ridiculous. It's going to be something ridiculous like the lacerated, lacerated spleen. Yeah. <laughs> Was that actually what it was the first time around, or did we both? I think so, yeah. Oh, okay. I, There's I, no I way we I... both just just fired from the hip on that one. Yeah, yeah you're right. That would be ins- that would actually be insane. I think we'd have to. I, I'm not even gonna say it because just a good we did stop just. The yeah, that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> um, I I didn't give you my prediction. I I think I'm with you. I think the Finns uh, pull this one out. I firmly believe they have the coaching advantage, and they were so good last year before Tua got hurt. Like, people are forgetting just how good they were. I think the Chargers are going to be a good team again, a playoff team for sure, but I don't know. I just I think people are sleeping on the Dolphins again. I agree, yeah. They were they were on pace to shatter offensive records before everyone started getting hurt. Reek was going to mm-hmm. go for 2,000. I was listening to something today where they were saying they're firmly in on Tyreek Hill breaking the receiving yards record this year. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not 100% sold that the Chargers are, Chargers are going to make the playoffs which would, I'm pretty confident would lead to Staley being replaced as the coach there. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I agree the Dolphins are, are – are, when when healthy and firing on all cylinders, hard to beat for anybody. Yeah, I just think they're so explosive. Um, the next game is Eagles in Foxborough to play the New England Patriots. I think the Eagles are just going to stomp them. 
Yeah, I think the Eagles are going to win. Eagles are really freaking good, even though they've had a ton of turnover and, you know, just I think they have a new OST in DC. And, but they're just, they have so much talent on their roster and the Patriots don't. I think the Pats are going to be competitive this year. I think they'll be better than they were last year. Their offense literally can't be worse. But the Eagles are just too good. I would, I can't imagine the Patriots upsetting them here, even though they're at home. This has also got to be like Bill Belichick's dream team. Like the Eagles, that good uh, offensive on the offensive line, that good and getting extremely better with the additions of guys like Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith on the defensive line. A really smart quarterback that can pick up first downs easily with his legs and make all the throws that he will be asked to in that offense. I think it's probably the most talented roster in the league still. Uh, and I, I think they're going to, it's going to be a pretty easy game for them this week. The only reason it wouldn't be an easy game for them is if Belichick's been game planning for this one game, the entire off season and just, you know, pull some, a rabbit out of the hat type of deal. But it had to be an absolute coaching masterclass for them to win. Yeah, he'd have to walk circles around Sirianni, who I think is a good, too good of a coach for that to to happen. Even though it's Bill. Yeah, uh, Sirianni annoys me, and I don't like him, but I think he's a good coach. I think he's too corny. Yeah, it's just like too in your face. Like act like you've been there before. <laughs> he never had. I know, but so that's embarrassing. I don't like it when people do that. Okay, fair enough. The last 425 window on Sunday game, Rams-Seahawks. This one, I tr- I also have no idea how it could go because if the Rams are back to full strength, then they're going to be one of the best teams in the league to be giggling at. <laughs> it's just such a nothing burger game. Yeah, uh, well, <laughs> it's, a, it's a playoff team last year and the team that won the Super Bowl the year before that. So Yeah, you can <laughs> frame it and you can put pretty flowers on it and, you know. Put lipstick on a pig, but I think the Seahawks are overachieved last year. I think the uh, Rams underachieved. I think they are both not serious contenders. They're they're both should be solid teams. It, I don't know. It's it doesn't excite me. It doesn't do anything for me really, especially with Cooper Cup out. I could see one of these teams winning the division. I'm not gonna lie. You think the Rams could win the division even with Cooper Cup's injury potentially being serious? No, I think the Seahawks could. You said one of these teams, so I assumed you meant either of them are capable of it. I could see a world where the Rams win the division, but I don't expect it to happen. I I think there's a way higher chance Seattle does. I think... Dude, it just goes back to what I said before. Like, McVay and Stafford and Donald on the other side, like, that's... A lot of guys that have won a lot of games with a lot of talent in the NFL. I guess. I don't know. I, I still think the Niners are going to win the division. I do, too. So, I just, I just, I, and I see, a, I could see a world where they don't. Okay. I mean, I guess <laughs> it's possible, but uh, <laughs> I don't think I, it, like I don't know. Like, Pete Carroll's a good coach. Their offensive oh, line I know. was full of rookies last year. They're getting, I don't believe in Geno. I think I believe in Gino. He was tail end of last year. Tail end of last year. Look at his numbers. He was not nearly as good as he was in the first half. The numbers weren't as good, but like ball placement and the way he worked within that offense was, I think, still pretty consistent throughout the year. Like I think he was one of the more accurate quarterbacks all last season. I'm pretty sure 
his stats were significantly worse in the second half of last year. Is that a him thing, though? I would think so. Why would it not be? Just like scheme. If they, if they changed the way they were playing to try to counteract the way teams had sh- like adjusted to face them. I guess, but okay, I'll just give the – it's not – it's maybe not as bad as I'm leading on, but he first eight games last year, 107 passer rating, 2,000 yards, 13 touchdowns, three picks. Last eight games, 93 passer rating, 2,000 yards, 15 touchdowns, and eight picks. I'm trying to pull up the stat that I saw. Throwing eight picks in the second half of the year versus three in the first half of the year is regression, no matter it what is. scheme like- – argument you could have it is yeah um i'm not saying he's a bad quarterback it's like even with those stats in the second half like he's still a starting caliber quarterback i just i don't think he's a top half quarterback i actually disagree i think he is a top half quarterback okay i will i I think he has all the weapons in the world to be their whole line is good i think if you they're basically now like the 49ers, where I think you could put almost any starting caliber quarterback on that team and they would have success. I agree in the sense that the roster around him is really talented, but I also think Gino is a good quarterback. I'm not saying he's I think- bad. I just I don't I don't think he's gonna win you games. I think he's I think he's effectively gonna be a game manager this year. I could be wrong, but No, I I, I agree with you. But I, I think that the roster is getting to the point where it's good enough to win a lot of games with a game manager. I mean, they won nine last year and they improved pretty drastically this off season. I agree. I just, I think the 49ers are a lot better than they are. And right, I think Purdy enough. is, I think Purdy's better than Gino. We'll see. Yeah. Then the night game on Sunday is your New York giants playing host to anybody, but your Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I'm picking the giants here week one. They almost always play the Cowboys well, which, I mean, you could say for most in-division matchups, I would say, at least in the better divisions. But I think the Giants are being slept on. I think they have the coaching advantage. I think the quarterback disparity is not as big as some would like you to believe. Giants have gotten better on both sides of the ball and another year of development for their elite left tackle and hopefully their right tackle rounds into form. The center they drafted, uh, John Michael Schmitz, I believe is his name kind of messes with me because it's like John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt, but mm-hmm. he's supposedly really good from what I've heard. The Giants are a really sound team, and I think Daniel Jones is pretty solid. So I'm picking them to win. I don't blame you if you pick the Cowboys to win, but Giants at home, I'm in on it. No, I, I'm actually going to pick the Giants in this one. The only thing I have to say on the Giants is that I think they have improved as a team from last year, but similar to the Vikings, I expect them to take, I I don't know if a step back is fair to say, but I expect there to be more regression to the mean because they, I think they won twice as many one score games as they lost last year. And it could be the sign of just like a really good team, but I think the way the roster was, built last year there probably wasn't enough talent at least last year to justify that like almost sterling record in those situations so i think it'll come back to more in the middle this year but i do think that they have improved talent wise quite a bit and i think they're probably going to beat the cowboys at home in week one i think 
I get your point. They could they could be a better team this year and theoretically win less games than last year. That's a total or, or possibility. Or as many games. Yeah, or just as many. But I I think they're gonna. I think they could win ten games. They won nine last year. Yeah, and oh, I think they could 20. win ten this year. But even there, like they're probably they probably added more than one win worth of talent and development. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it's because of like it's it's hard to it's hard to replicate success in tight games like that. So you could have they could have double the amount of like more than one score wins, but just lose a couple of the one score games that they had a, like some fortunate bounces, like maybe the Bears muff punt at the end of that game last year, something like that. I understand. And I, I get the Vikings comparison, but I just feel like the Vikings trajectory, even aside from their regression, it just feels like they're headed downwards where it feels like the Giants are headed up. I feel like they for sure got better on both sides of the ball without question in my eyes, they did. And I know that any given Sunday, the games that they won last year could have gone the other way. Those one possession games. Absolutely. But I also think they were so devoid of talent on the offensive end that theoretically shouldn't be as many close games. They should, they should be able to score more because they'll be able to open up the offense more. I, I just, they have so many, like Daniel Jones had was their best receiver last year for the second half of the year was Isaiah Hodgins, who no one had ever heard of before. Mm-hmm. And Richie James was probably their second best. So it's, like I get why there is that hesitance in you know anointing them as a serious team beyond what they were last year, of course. And I think there is some risk to thinking they will be, but I I don't know. I I believe in them. Could be stupid uh, fandom stuff, but I do. No, I think we both agree that they're more talented than they were last year. And yeah, we both have them winning this game. Uh, That's surprising. I didn't think you'd have them winning this one. No, I, I mean, I've been to a handful of Giants-Cowboys games at MetLife, and I know that they're, those are always up for grabs like for both sides. Yeah, yeah, that's one of those things that like you kind of can't put stats to. It's just how it is. No matter how good or bad the teams are, it's just always close. Both teams are going to bring it. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a dogfight. Uh, and then Monday Night Football this week, which we usually have two Monday Night games week one, right? I think so. I think the we don't this we have. Yeah, we don't this year. It's just Bills at Jets on uh, September 11th. So that will be a crazy atmosphere in the stadium. It will be a ton of hype leading up to it. It will be the debut of the new Monday Night Countdown booth led by the greatest bald guy working for ESPN, Scott Van Pelt. I think the greatest, right? We didn't draft anybody over him from ESPN. No, there was discussions, but the PTI uh, guys were in were in contention. Yeah, so it'll be it'll be a really exciting game. I think the Bills are going to win because I still think the Bills are now being slept on a little bit. But it'll be uh, it'll be super interesting to see what the Jets' offense looks like with Rodgers in a real game against a tough division opponent. I'm with you. I think the Bills are going to win. I I think. You know, obviously, September 11th game between two New York teams, emotions are going to be really high. I think the Bills are more equipped to handle playing in high emotion games than the Jets are. I just, they've been, I I think that the youth of the Jets works against them here, regardless of how experienced their quarterback is. And I'm with you. I've been, I've been saying the Bills have questions that people aren't really talking about for a little while, 
but I think every team has questions. I think it's just, I'm with you. I think people are now underrating the Bills, and it's not even because of the questions. I think they're just becoming a little bit of an afterthought almost because of how good the Chiefs and Bengals are. But I think the Bills are still the better team than the Jets. I, I Obviously, I think it's going to be a good game, but I, I'd, I'd be surprised if it was like a toss-up in the end. I, I think the Bills will, I don't want to say handedly win, but win... Com- not, not even comfortably. Just it'll. I think it'll be a Bills win. I'll take care of business. Yeah, I, I don't know how to phrase that, but yeah. Uh, and the second Demar Hamlin steps on the field, he locks up comeback player of the year. Absolutely. There's there's literally nothing anyone can do to to steal that award away. Nothing except it's his award to lose. Except die and come back within the this same season. season. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Come back for the playoffs. Uh, all right, so that is week one of the NFL slate. I am quivering with excitement. Is that, is that what I meant to say? I think, I mean, yeah, shaking, quivering. It's, it's quivering to, to sounds more sensual, but yeah, <laughs> I I am uh, overflowing with anticipation and excitement to mm. sit on my couch and listen to the um, melodic voice of uh, Scott Hansen for seven hours of commercial free football. Following up overflowing after quivering was, I think, a questionable choice of words. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, you want to move on to awards? Yeah, let's do it. I have no idea. I think it's your first. All right. So my first one, <clears throat> excuse me, is the Phil Jackson Award. Okay, this is going to, I'll just, a, a legendary winner in one position who went into a new position and failed miserably. There's you, there's some aspects of that that you got spot on, but that's not the whole picture. exactly. Is it the coach of a team Marry, nearly marrying the owner of said team. She just, she actually just got married like two days. I know, ago. I saw it to to a comedian. Yeah. Um, no, it's what not, sport? It's what not sport? What sport? Collegiate football. Is it Saban? No, it's not. Do you want to hear what is it's it for? Dabo. It is Dabo. Yes. Do you want to hear what the award is for? Sure. It's a multi-time champion with two of the best to ever do their job. But when those guys weren't there, he struggled to field a competitive team wearing orange and also brought in a guy with a difficult-to-pronounce last name that disappointed. I'm sorry to throw that last part in. I That didn't – yeah, I didn't need Porzingis flashbacks. Are we talking Milikina? It's Frank, yeah. Oh, even worse. That's <laughs> way worse. Throwing shade at my man Frank. I think I have his card somewhere on this desk keep it handy just in case but that's well thought out i'm sorry I, I i buried the lead by guessing it before i had all the answers but no it's all right I, so yeah, it's I, I had the gist yeah yeah okay, it's going that, to Dabo. that that offense has sucked since he uh since trevor lawrence left yeah since he had two generational quarterbacks and now hasn't yes that's a good one all right, my first award is the Always Darkest Before the Dawn Award. Is this going to the Yankees and their recent performance after calling up two top prospects? 
That is exactly why. Let's after, go. After months of me clamoring to bring up the young guys and change things up because it literally couldn't get any worse, it got so much better. And the Martian touchdown, and he had two home runs in his first series against the Astros, who we hate oh so much. And his first major league swing he puts into the bleachers. It just you couldn't you couldn't write a better debut for him. They sweep the Astros. Austin Wells looks like a real major league hitter. Even if the two of them aren't playing that well, the fact that they can both hit from the left side makes this team so much more interesting. They're hitting Dominguez third again tonight just because he's a lefty pretty much. And uh, I think Austin Wells worked like four pitches, 4.8 pitches per at bat, which is like a really good average, especially for a rookie in his first major league at bat. He threw someone out at second who's trying to steal on him when all the questions about him were as with his weak arm strength and whether or not he could actually stick a catcher. People are getting a little too excited and saying Yankees can make the playoffs. They have like a 0.01% chance of that happening. They'd need to win 20 of their next 25 games, which is asking a little bit too much of them. I'd be thrilled if they did it, obviously, but I'm not getting my hopes up. This award almost went with a different title. It was almost basically that the Yankees sort of needed to bottom out. Otherwise, we would have never seen these guys this year. That's the crazy part. Like, Austin Wells and Jason Dominguez and Everson Pereira probably wouldn't even be on this team. Like, that's just a fact. And now, at the very least, we're getting their audition to get them ready for next year. I think the Yankees missing the playoffs forces them to make hard decisions and look at themselves. And I, I, Hal seems to think they're going to redo the analytics department in some capacity, which I think is good. And some level of organizational overhaul is important, even though I think Cashman and Boone are keeping their jobs. I just I think they bottomed out, and I think they had to to get to this point. But I I'm not saying Dominguez and Wells are going to be superstars, but I I just think that this little bit of light was what we needed. It's very similar to Chelsea last season. Sometimes you need to have your worst season in decades in order to have the opportunity to retool, revamp, and change the direction of your franchise in the immediate and intermediate future. Well said. It's also a very well-named award. I guessed it because of the name. Thank you. Sure. Two good uh, awards at us. Yeah. My second award, I'm going to need to give you a little bit of context for, but it's just that. Okay, so it's the Charlie Hall Award, and the context that I need to give you is that Charlie Hall is one of Julia Louis-Dreyfus's sons that played basketball at Northwestern. This award is going to... I don't know if I'm being mean. Is it? Is, was he? Was he any good? Mm, I don't know. Do you remember when Northwestern made the tournament like five, six years ago, and there was a lot of hype because it was the first time ever, and like she was at all the games and it was going viral. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't remember. Know that's that's the story. Does this have something to do with Messi? No. Okay. But I'm curious to see why you thought so. Because everything. Well, I because the way you ex- the way you explained it was. Um, that she was going all the games. So I was thinking a, a star who's bringing out all the stars. No, he had. Then he my first instinct was a nepotism award. It's not. I. It's no. I don't think it's nepotism because this guy's okay. Yeah, I don't think it's nepotism. I don't think I'm gonna guess it. So just let, what is it? Okay, so it's going to somebody whose parents 
achieved significant levels of fame in the entertainment space, and then they became a college athlete at a mediocre Big Ten institution. I don't know. Who is it? This, this award is going to Declan McMahon, who is a running back for the University of Indiana football team and the grandson of WWE chairman Vincent Kennedy McMahon and the son of Shane O'Mac. And the, w- the McMahon family presented the Indiana football team with a legitimate turnover belt. Like, you know how teams have turnover mm-hmm. belts? Like, yeah. they have a WWE-issued turnover belt, so like a real belt. Mm-hmm. Didn't they – aren't they partnering with the NFL to do that now too? That's cool. I didn't know that. I don't know if it's turnover belts. It might just be championship belts, but I definitely heard uh, it also could have been made up. But I saw something that said that. They got to bring back uh, – the old school WWE spinner belt that John Cena had. That thing was the coolest. I don't have it anymore. Anything championship belt related is always a good idea. Yeah, facts. That was a little bit too much of a deep dive for me. Yeah. I I like the award, and I I learned something from it. So Thank you. Can't ask for much more. No. Uh, My next award is the Rubber Band Men Award. (laughs) Not one, not rubber band man, rubber band men, plural. Is this going to the Philadelphia Eagles veteran defensive lineman? <laughs> no, it is not. But why <laughs> do you think that? Because they, some say they are the glue guys holding that team together and rubber bands hold things together. No, it's what happens when you pull a rubber band and then let it go. It hurts. Well, what happens to the rubber band? It bounces back. So (laughs) the rubber band men are the Team USA basketball team. Yes. They lost to Lithuania. In order to advance in the FIBA World Cup, they had to win today against Italy. They destroyed them. It wasn't close. And they needed a bounce back win to not only stay in the tournament, but to reward my faith after last episode, I said that they were going to win it all. I was shocked that they lost to Lithuania. I think they are the better team. I, I think FIBA's, like I said, just any, this is why I said that the Denver Nuggets would need to have subs to beat international teams because any given Sunday, anything is possible I still think Team USA is going to win, but they definitely needed a bounce-back statement win, and that's why they are the rubber band men. You think they have a better team than Lithuania? You're not certain? I, you know, I, I just, I'm just speaking here, man. I, I, they have a better team than Lithuania. I, I, I don't mean everything literally. Okay, fair. Um, yeah, they, uh, it's, I, I don't see them losing from here on out, but yeah, the, the Lithuania loss was pretty surprising. I mean, luckily it wasn't, Elimination game, otherwise we would have like an 04 Olympic thing all on our, on our hands again. Was it 04 or 08? 04. Bronze. I think you so, yeah. 04, um, because that was their, they had the young guys who, Bron, Wade, Mello, and they just weren't ready yet type of deal. Yeah. So I'm glad we avoided unbridled panic at another U.S. loss. And France, France crashed out. Fournier had a very nice, we let you all down message. Yeah, I'm over Fournier. Yeah, 
been over for you. I can't. The fact that he's still on the Knicks roster makes me sick. Um, <clears throat> cool. Good awards. Thank you. Thank you. Want to move on to last take, worst take? Yes, I will. I guess start it up because you started off awards. Mine is going to the Frenemies podcast at Frenemies Sports on TikTok is where I saw this. I don't listen to this podcast. I've never seen them before, so I don't know who the, what the guy's name is. I don't know. I don't know anything else. But he said, "I need you to listen to every word that's coming out of my mouth here." He said. Trey Lance is one of the worst things to happen to football since Aaron Hernandez. <laughs> and he meant it. And his co-host was like, I can't believe you just said that. And he was like, they took Brock Purdy last pick in the draft. They took Trey Lance third. That's just not how you should draft quarterbacks. It's a travesty. It's a shame. I don't understand like, what he's saying. Like, yeah, okay. You shouldn't have drafted Trey Lance third overall. But the the one of the worst things to happen to football since Aaron Hernandez was a <laughs> serial killer. <laughs> that is the most insane thing I've ever heard. Also, I couldn't believe it. There's got to be worse things that have happened since Hernandez too. I mean, first Absolutely. of all, first this of all, there's worse things that happen in the NFL. This is bad for the Forty Niners. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I was, I, he like, even, and he said it with a straight face. But like, what is he even saying? That's not how you like draft quarterbacks. What does he mean by that? I, I don't know. I don't know. Ad. There was so much wrong with it. I I couldn't even believe it. If I hadn't seen it with my own eyes, I may not have believed it. It kind of sounds. The whole take sounds like a Mad Lib. <laughs> it, it, you're right. That's 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 the only justification for saying something so absurd. Because it's like, it's, it's like name a random failed Lance. quarterback. Yeah. It's fill in like one, Trey Lance. Name a random criminal Sport. from the NFL. Aaron Hernandez. Or just like name an athlete, Aaron Hernandez. <laughs> yeah. Name an adjective. Nah. Worst. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that's good stuff. That's like yeah, that was rough. It was rough, man. I, it was probably you know for for clicks, but the he said he just seemed like he believed it. Yeah, I think so. Okay, so my my last take, worst take of the week, goes to Barstool Clemson on Twitter, who before the game last night tweeted the nightmare ends today with a picture of a wide receiver, wide receiver screenplay in Madden, obviously a shot at their XOC and indicative of their hopes for the offense under the new OC Garrett Riley and Cade Klubnick. Clemson proceeded to put up seven points in a primetime game, none of which were scored after the first quarter. And it looks like the offensive problems that have plagued them for the last two years are exactly the same. And, uh, they're going to get my last take, worst take of the week. What was their phrasing? The nightmare ends? Yes. Well, yeah, the nightmare is continuing. Just beginning. Pretty clearly. It's... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Could be. <laughs> uh, they, I saw an interesting quote that someone asked Dabo. I think it was before the game. What his thoughts on were. What's the, is it Riley is the new OC? Something Riley? Yeah. Garrett Riley. It's Lincoln's brother. Yeah, Garrett. Yeah, so what his thoughts were on him, and Dabo said something about, well, it's the Clemson offense, so it's a collaborative effort. 
it almost feels like maybe Dabo's Clemson offense could be the problem. It seems like Dabo's Clemson offense without Deshaun Watson or Trevor Lawrence is a problem. Yeah, exactly. So it's weird. It's a weird situation. You ever heard Dabo's quote on NIL? I'm sure I have, but remind me. Somebody somebody asked him about his what his thoughts on NIL name, image, and likeness were like, and he said, we built this program on NIL. We really did. It's probably different from what you're thinking, though. We built this program in God's name, image, and likeness. And that, our adoring viewers, is how we build this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And biracial angels named Derek Jeter. I just saw... I was watching the movie Trainwreck. So the one with LeBron? I, yeah, the one with LeBron and Amari. And and the, the main guy character is uh he's a sports doctor. And they're asking him who he works with, which athletes, and he names like Tom Brady. I think he names a couple other people. And then he says A-Rod. And the guy goes, Oh, fuck that guy. I was just like, come on, man. In every movie, <laughs> leave the guy alone. A lot and of Boston was, guys in Hollywood now. I know. And I was with uh, my girlfriend and she was like, does everyone hate A-Rod except for you? And I was like, most people do. <laughs> most people do. And she was like, why do you like him? I was like, he was just so cool when he, when I was growing up. Like, I don't know. He's, he's awesome. And there's nothing. I was like, there's nothing you can do to make me not like him. Nothing. No, he shushed me and I still love him. Yeah, he did. He shushed, he shushed you and I still love him. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm very protective. <laughs> it's true. Um, yeah. All right. Cool. All right. Good episode. Good episode. Uh, do you want to tell the people where to where Excuse to find me. us? Thank you. Um, yeah, I will do it I, as I always do. Let's go. All right. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio. Did I say YouTube? I don't know. YouTube again. Podbean. I don't think Stitcher exists anymore, but I think we would have been on there. I just, man, I got to start Napster, practicing. More. There's Napster. more of them. Napster, Pirate Bay. Yeah. Uh, LimeWire. <laughs> where uh, I think you could probably Google us. We might come up on Google. I think we are. I think we're on uh, Alexa. Alexa random That's Amazon. Play. Right? Yeah, but there's some sort of random thing that we're on. We actually get a lot of our plays through Alexa somehow. Sweet. Um, yeah, like, I don't know. Um, but yeah, we got we've got our big uh, our big draft coming up, you and me, in about twenty minutes. So I gotta go, yeah. gotta go do some prep. Gotta go scarf down dinner and then uh, get ready. But uh, yeah, that was uh, episode twenty of the breaks down. Thank you, producer Rue. Uh, once again, off yes. to my side. Thank you, Mike Caps. Thank you, Tom. I'm Adam. That's uh, breaks down podcast five two eight. 20 episodes. Can't believe we made it here. See you all next week. Five months. Yeah, insane.